doesn't say Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that honestly is, well, I'm and is, it's lost for words, really. Uh, my name is Paul Hirons. I'm back in the sewing room and actually I'm back on my own this week again because uh, my usual partner in crime, Nathan Palmer, uh, is still not back from LA. He's stringing out his trip for as long as it's worth. Uh, I've already had a, a word with uh, Bengals UK HR department and they assure me that they're looking into the matter. Um, there's also rumours, more rumours, drifting across the Atlantic that uh, Nathan's been trying hard to get into the movie business. Um, the latest one is that he has been turned down for a role in Police Academy 9 with Danny Dyer. Uh, and he's reverted to trying to get in on the uh, adult scene. Uh, so you never know. You might see him in uh, films like Schindler's Fist, Shaving's... Shaving, I can't even say it. Shaving Ryan's Privates and uh, Top Bum. Um, well, we'll see. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? Now, um, obviously, what can I say? Looking out into the abyss on my own, in the sewing room contemplating and reflecting upon last night's absolute shellacking by the Chiefs. Now, I, I kind of thought that the Chiefs would rack up the yards. I mean, let's face it, they've kind of steamrolled pretty much every defence they played this season. So I expected the game, especially with our defence, to go kind of, you know, as it has done for the Chiefs. They'll rack up the yards, rack up the points. And the only way that we could make this game competitive is play well offensively, which we have done, like the Falcons game. Uh, we went toe-to-toe -to -toe with a really good offence, and that's what we had to do last night. And obviously, it did not happen at all. Um, I mean, they shat their bed so hard, it's going to take a year to dry clean the sheets, I think. Um, the defence was awful. The offence was awful. Special teams was awful. I mean, all three phases were, I've said it once, twice, three times, a lady, uh, were awful. Um, as I said, you have to tip your hat to the Chiefs. They look absolutely fantastic. They made some adjustments on defence. Uh, they were coming into the game, one of the worst defences of the NFL. But last night, we played, we made them look like Baltimore. You know what I mean? They, they were absolutely on it. They were in Dalton's face all day. Apart from AJ Green, no one was really open. We couldn't take advantage of field position yet again. So, I mean, my big bugger, I think, is that, as I mentioned earlier, I thought the game was going to be a bit of a shootout for a while. That was the best chance for us to be in that game and, dare I say, even win it. We had to stay toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Chiefs and we just did not. Uh, we just could not get anything going offensively. We couldn't give Mixon the ball, and there's lots of fury out there in the ether, in the internet land, the internet. <laughs> um, you know, people having a go at Terrell Austin, people having a go at Vontaze Perfect, people having a go at John Ross, who was absolutely non-existent last night. I mean, seriously, non-existent. Uh, when is he going to show up? So there's lots of things to discuss. I don't quite know whether it's time to completely pull our hair out, but things have to change and things have to change dramatically because the offence in the past few weeks 
has shown signs of inconsistency. And the defence, as we know, susceptible to long runs and chunk plays. And goodness me, there are a lot of them last night. The Chiefs move, do move the ball down the field with, with ease. But again, they've been doing that to everyone this season. So I fully expected that to happen. But what I didn't expect to happen was for us to be so awful in all three phases. It's it, You know... I think we'll I'll uh, recite one of our correspondences via Twitter in a while, but uh, I echo this. It was Duncan, Duncan Eden, who said, you know, he doesn't mind losing to a good team, but, you know, that was pretty awful. And I agree. Sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say they were the better team. Uh, and the Chiefs were certainly the better team. But we just weren't competitive. We just seemed to lose all poise, all discipline, you know, all kind of control, and I'm not talking about lashing out or punch anyone, even though Sean Williams yet again got done for a personal foul, a needless personal foul. Um, so it was just the manner in which we lost. Again, another game in prime time, and this is my problem with the Bengals over the past 10 years, and I have to say, in the Marvin Lewis regime during his tenure, Big games, whether they be prime time or the biggest games of all, we don't seem to game plan. We don't seem to be up for the fight, which I know isn't quite the case. Those guys tried last night, but they seemed completely shell-shocked. You know, They didn't seem to be at the races at all. And you do have to wonder the preparation going into games. You have to ask the question because it hasn't happened once. It hasn't even happened twice. It's happened seven, eight, nine, ten you know, at least a dozen or so times over the past decade, whether it be in a playoff game, whether it be against the Steelers and another last-minute loss, whether it be games like this in prime time, we just don't look prepared. We just do not. And, of course, yes, I do worry about Terrell Austin's defence. I mean, we have to have the Terrell Austin conversation because he, I mean, if you remember last year, um, Ken Zampezi was offensive coordinator and he was having a nightmare. I would say, I would argue that Terrell Austin is having a similar sort of impact in a negative way to the defence. The secondary looked confused. He's playing a lot of strange zones. Well, not necessarily strange, but zones that the secondary do not look comfortable with. The linebackers look all over the place. The much-vaunted defensive line can't seem to lay a hand on a quarterback. We got to Mahomes once or twice last night. I think it was once Andrew Billings. But, you know, someone aligned with, you know, Gino and Carlos, who have been both playing out their minds this year, how can we not get to the quarterback? There's something wrong with that scheme, or at least not necessarily something wrong, but something that doesn't suit our way of playing. And I do think it's time for Marvin to step in. Now, whether that means getting shot of Terrell Austin, that's quite an extreme measure, although I know a lot of fans would kind of like that, or whether it means Marvin himself, let's not forget, a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator, would it be time for him to step in and almost take control of the... uh, Oh, sorry, my phone's ringing. It must be Terrell Austin just kind of telling me to lay off. But yeah, is it time to, to, for Marvin to take more of a control? You know, with Mike Zimmer and, and even with Paulie G, there was an element of disguise. There's an element of, of, of innovation, the double A gap blitz. 
lots of, um, as I said, disguise and deception in that defence. But um, not this one. They look all at sea. They really do. Now, I know that the trend throughout the league is for huge offensive numbers. And the defences seem to have taken a back seat and are just getting shredded. Adding the new rule changes about what you can do and what you can't do. I'm not making excuses here. I'm just kind of trying to reason with it. Why is our defence so bad? Um, I don't know. Marvin, I think it's time to sort it out. We're obviously coming towards the bye week. So, you know, can you change a defence? Can you change a scheme overnight? I mean... Absolutely not. But you can certainly improve it. You can make some adjustments. And those adjustments just aren't being made at the moment. And teams and offences are just riding kind of roughshod all over us. So, so yeah, it's going to be a cheery episode tonight. But um, thankfully, it's not just me. I've had my little rant. And I'm going to uh, give you... I'm going to read out all you guys' uh, rants later on. Um, but thankfully, it's not just me shouting into the ether. Because I am disgusted i am i mean i just so frustrated it was a pretty much a disgrace last night and as much praise as we gave the guys earlier on in the season when they came from behind to beat indianapolis when they had that amazing win against baltimore uh, when we played fantastically well to come back against atlanta all those games we heaped praise on them the offense was looking much better the line was looking much better the defence were kind of making plays when they had to. So as much as we like to praise them when they're doing well, they're certainly not immune from criticism. And last night, I'm afraid, was a complete disgrace. It was awful. And uh, if we're looking to get to the playoffs, we just can't get beaten in that way. Now, Kansas City will probably get to the Super Bowl. They are a very, very good team. I mean, you know... Some of their players were absolutely incredible last night. Um, we're not going to play the Chiefs every week, thankfully. But if we has, have aspirations to go deep into the playoffs, we cannot lose in that manner. We cannot. Um, and of course, you know, adds to the spice of the situation that it was in front of a, a global audience last night, which is always fun. So now everyone thinks we're a bunch of idiots again. Which, you know, might not be a bad thing. We can sort of rebuild. Um, as I say, it's not just me shouting into the ether. I do have a guest. And uh, so let's bring her on. And joining me this week is... Actually, it's her second appearance on Cincinnati. Uh, she was very good uh, coming on, like, when was it? Earlier on in the year. And we're very delighted to have her back. I certainly am, because it means I'm not going to be talking to myself for about an hour. Um, it's NFL director of SB Nation, you know, the, the big fan site organisation uh, of which Cincy Jungle is a member. It's Rebecca Toback. Rebecca, welcome back to Cincinnati. Thank you. I actually think I maybe was your first guest when you guys started the podcast. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, it's we always said we'd have you on again, and here we are, and... Um, you ki helped to kickstart this podcasting revolution here. Well, it's not really uh, our little podcast revolution, and uh, and it's been going great. So we've had a lot of fun, and obviously the Bengals, apart from which we're going to talk about in a moment, you know, it's been much more fun this year. So, um, but we're not allowed to talk about fun today, Rebecca. Actually, no, hold on, hold on. Before we get all to the before we get to the gnarly stuff, the angry stuff, the pure rage and frustration. Um, 
I do have a glass of wine on the go and I'm toasting you because I believe it was your birthday at the weekend. Is that right? It's actually my birthday today. So. Whoa! I, on your birthday, you're joining Cincinnati. Now, did you ask for that for your birthday? Because I know a lot of people would love to come on to Cincinnati on their birthday. You know, my wish number one was a Bengals win. I didn't get that. Okay. So, yes, this is this is everything I wanted. <laughs> okay. And you said that with such sincerity as well. That was brilliant. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, happy birthday, Rebecca. Have a, have a fantastic evening. I uh, hope you get up to some uh, amazing things tonight. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we wanted to get – well, I wanted to get you on because you – I wanted to talk to you about last night and there's obviously a lot of rage – uh, flying around the internet and certainly within, you know, the fans over in the UK who, who you know, stayed up until about four o'clock um, this morning to to watch that debacle. Um, why were they so bad? I mean, I know the Chiefs were really good, but why were the Bengals so awful? It's like, I feel like the Bengals almost drive you to believe in things that otherwise you wouldn't believe in, like, you know, luck being relevant or superstitions or that they're just completely incapable of playing in prime time. So like, you know, in, I don't know actually what it's like in the UK, if you guys like call it like prime time TV, but basically the Bengals are incapable of playing at night and the the Thursday night football games really don't count, especially our Thursday night football games, because they've been only on NFL Network. So that's not like a, a national television channel right, that right. people get. Um, you have to pay extra money for that. So sure. that's like not really considered prime time. So it's that, you know, the, the Bengals beat the Ravens. It was kind of prime time. But no, when it's real deal prime time, like Sunday night football, Monday night football, the Bengals are just completely incapable of showing up. And it's like, I would never believe in that kind of weird superstition, but they like force you into believing it because they're just so unthinkably bad every time they're on national television. Yeah, you make a good point. Um, this is proper primetime stuff, isn't it? It's Sunday night, what, nine o'clock, eight o'clock on, a, on NBC, one of the major networks. You've got Collinsworth and, uh, you know, uh, kind of, doing the commentary it's a big deal the the nation is settling down on sunday evening to watch the big football game and it's like we've heard about the bengals they they might be the real deal this year right they're playing really well aj green joe mixon andy dalton's having a career year gino atkins carlos dunlap's playing really well they they came back to beat atlanta in that amazing game this might be worth watching and then and then and then what happens then? I mean, it just completely capitulated, right? Yeah. And it's like, even when you watch a primetime game, you hear about the guys who are the best guys on the team. So like on Thursday night, for example, there was a horrible game on Cardinals Broncos. The best players show up to play. That is why they're talked about as the best players in the league. Larry Fitzgerald shows up in primetime games. It's like, yes, AJ Green had a great game, but what about everyone else who's supposed to show up in primetime games? Where's Carlos Dunlap? Where's Geno Atkins? Andy Dalton is having a great year. Why can't he do it when anyone's watching? If you want people to respect you, if you want the recognition on these top 100 players list or top quarterbacks list, you have to 
play well when people are watching and they do not play well when anyone of note is watching. So I, I just don't, you know, Bengals fans want respect. They want to be treated like the Steelers are treated and like the Ravens are treated, but they keep doing things that prove that there's no reason to treat them that way. So it, it's just, you know, mind blowing as a fan and the disappointment is just unreal. So I expected to lose to the Chiefs. I think most rational fans expected to lose to the Chiefs, but it's the way that they lost to the Chiefs. It was like they weren't even trying. They showed that graphic on the screen. Um, NBC showed the graphic that the Chiefs hadn't um, forced a punt in 17 straight drives. And then the Bengals punted on back to back <laughs> drives. It's like you can't be any worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what I want to know, is, um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, the Bengals are classic, aren't they? Whenever they come up, a tea, up against a team and they, you know, the announcer says that, oh, this running back hasn't had a 100-yard game for, I don't know, 10 games, you can bet your bottom dollar that he will have a 100-yard game against the Bengals. You know what I mean? It just seems to happen that way all the time. But what I wanted to ask you, Rebecca... Over the years, during the Marvin Lewis tenure, obviously there's this whole argument about getting over the hump, this statement about getting over the hump and, and what that means and how to do it. And my problem, I like Marvin. You know, we've had this conversation before. I'm a, I'm a fan of Marvin up to a point. But my problem is, and I wanted to ask you whether this is systemic, because this keeps happening, like you say, whenever it's prime time, whenever, whenever it's a big game, it seems that we cannot prepare properly for the really big games whether it be a prime time game or a playoff game or a game against the Steelers dare I say it there seems to be something wrong systemically what is it am I right for a, for a start do you, do you agree with that I do agree with that and I think it really comes down to the coaching because if you listen to Marvin Lewis he's always just like it's just another game. Every game's the same. One win is one win. There's not wins that are bigger than other wins. But that is not true. <laughs> it's right. simply not true. And there are wins that are bigger than other wins. A win on primetime is bigger than other wins. A win against the Steelers is bigger than other wins. The games are not all equal. And they're really not all equal in the AFC North. But when you think about how much belief in yourself plays into a win it's really substantial and I just don't think that Marvin Lewis really grasps that which is mind-blowing because how could he not grasp that 16 years into a head coaching job mm. but it just seems like he really doesn't understand that it's his job to motivate the players and he has flat out said it is not his job to motivate the players which is something that I blew up over last year just in disbelief right. because yes it is 1000% the head coach's job to motivate his players to have them interested in playing well, to make sure they are playing to the best of their ability. And I think it was really clear last night that Geno Atkins was not playing to the best of his ability and Carlos Dunlap was not playing to the best of his ability and they didn't put Joe Mixon in a position to play to the best of his ability. How he only had, I think it was like 13 rushing attempts or something absurd like that. It's just crazy, especially at the end of the game when you know, you know it's a lost cause at this point. Just let him go. Just see what happens. Mm. There's nothing bad that can come from it except him getting injured. But if you're going to have him in the game anyway, he's already subjected to that risk. So let him play. It, it's just, he does not put his, his players in a position to succeed. And as a result, he doesn't put the team in a position to succeed. 
And also going, not going for fourth down when the, when the cause is lost and just kind of, you know, going for a field goal instead, you know, I, that still kind of does my brain in a little bit, you know. Um, right, we need, to, we need to have a conversation about Terrell Austin, don't we, really? Um, the defence has been leaky all season, but they've always kind of come up with a big play when they've needed to, right? A stop here a strip sack there, an interception there. Um, but it's been very leaky. And I've noticed that there's been a bit of confusion in the secondary with all these new kind of zone coverages. Obviously, the linebacking court is terrible. Uh, we're not seemingly not making the most of our talented front, you know. Um, yeah. Now, someone put out earlier, and I, I think it was Joe, Joe Goodbury, who said that, Terrell Austin is having the kind of impact that Ken Zampezi had uh, when he was offensive coordinator. And obviously that's not uh, a positive impact. The defence seems to have taken a huge step back. Um, first, uh, again, do you agree? And B, what are your thoughts on this Terrell Austin defence? Because he boasted, well, no, it didn't boast, but he put, sent out a mission to his players in the, in the off-season to say that he wanted them, or his defence, to be the best tackling team in the NFL, right? He wanted yeah. to create a load of turnovers. What I saw last night, some of the tackling was absolutely dreadful. In fact, I'd say 90% of the tackling. Now, again, the Chiefs are really good at kind of, you know, yards after the catch with, you know, Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey. But still, you know, perfect missed tackle. Kirkpatrick on that crazy run by um, Kareem Hunt. Uh, what's going on in the defense, Rebecca? So I think this is a lot of things combined. Um, but for starters, I think that this year in the NFL, we're seeing defenses play like we have never seen defenses play before. And that's because offenses are just exploding at rates that we couldn't believe. Um, so I think a large part of it is that it's very hard to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL in 2018. And the Bengals are just part of a larger trend of defenses being unable to stop offenses. So, um, so I think that's a big part of it. And I think any defensive coordinator would probably be struggling. Um, so that's a big part of it. And also just there's breaking news going on right now. Oh, the just traded Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. So a lot of people are uh, contacting me to edit for them right now. So sorry to, I'm just putting that out there that uh, <laughs> I'm being a bit pulled away, but so I think that that's a really big part of it um, is that defenses just are not the same in 2018, but Terrell Austin is obviously having a very negative impact on this team to see Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins have two back-to-back -back games where they were just, complete non-factors is not acceptable. You cannot have that from your two best defensive linemen. And coming into the season, we all thought, wow, this defensive line, they're going to be one of the best in the league. This is the strength of the entire team. Yet they've almost been a non-factor in so many games that it's mind-boggling to think, what are they doing? And where are the guys who are supposed to be leading this unit? Because they're just not getting it done. Mm. Um, so that is a problem. And it has a lot to do with him but it also has a lot to do with 
other things going on. The defensive line rotation is not working. I don't understand how you don't play um, Carl Lawson for more than 25 snaps in a game when he is clearly proving to be one of your best players. Um, So that is, you know, there's just a lot of little things. But the linebackers, that is a huge issue because the Bengals linebackers are consistently bad, um, but they are even worse this year somehow. And it's hard to think that Travis Kelsey was not even that huge of an impact on the game last night when the Chiefs could have you know, just blown the Bengals out even further if they made Kelsey a focal point of the offense, which they didn't. And and so that's just insane to me to think like how much ability they have when they're not even, you know, they didn't even need to use Kelsey to beat us. Um, So it's really top to bottom. The defense is just a mess. And and the injuries aren't helping, but they're not the biggest problem. No. by the sound of things, you need to go in a little while. Can I ask you two really quick questions? Is that okay? Oh, totally. And I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm a good multitasker. I'll work Okay, through. well, that's cool. I'll ask you two really long questions then. Um, first of all, Vontae's perfect, okay? Um, my problem with perfect is, obviously, he's been suspended for, what, the last two, three seasons at the start of the season? Um, yeah. Now, last year... He came back, and it took him a good two, three games to get back. So really, you you can strike off seven games before Vontes makes an impact, and it's looking like the same this year. Now I know for a fact that the you know because we do polls on on Twitter, and, and I know Cincy Jungle does, and it's big discussions in in the forums and whatnot. But to me, the scales of opinion are really balanced out with Vontes Perfect uh, a year or two ago. Most of the fans were like, yeah, he's a must-have, he's one of us, he's a real fan favourite, despite all his kind of, you know, brain fart moments, you know, and probably not brain fart moments, but strange moments of madness, really weird moments of madness, right? Um, Where do you stand on Burfitt? Because last night he missed some tackles that were quite significant and had impact on the game. He looked all at sea, and I read someone... um, on Twitter saying, well, you know, he's, he's two games back, he's not Superman, it's going to take longer, then I'm sorry, but then he becomes a liability because he's not having the even the organisational impact that a lot of people thought he might do or hoped he would do. He seems like maybe age is catching up with him. He doesn't seem to be as good a player as he used to be. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder how much of it is him not being a good player and how much of it is him being in his own head so severely that he's limiting his ability to make an impact on the field. Because last night, he was flat out terrible. He was maybe the worst player on the field for the Bengals. Like, that is how bad it was. He was nowhere near where he needed to be. He was missing tackles left and right. He was getting hurt on plays that he wasn't even involved in. That is how bad it was. So if you are, one, going to be a huge liability for this team, be someone who is causing the entire national media and the entire NFL fandom that's not Bengals fans to hate you. And then on top of that, you play so badly that you are actually a detriment to your own team that is unacceptable. Like, how can you continue to defend someone who is a dirty player 
end isn't playing well. So <laughs> there's no defense at this moment for him at all. And also, it's not an excuse to say that he's not in game shape anymore because get your ass in game shape. You're now three weeks back into playing. You Sure, the first game, that's an excuse. Maybe even the second game, that's an excuse. It's definitely not an excuse in the third game. You don't see players in week one of the season, like winded on the sidelines, taking themselves out of plays. All of my coworkers last week were making fun of him for taking himself out of the game because he was too winded to play. Like that is, you know, unacceptable at this point. So get yourself in shape. The first game, sure. The second game, eh, definitely not the third game. And then he's so far into his own head that he's unable to tackle it, it something's got to change. And I, the, the fact that Marvin Lewis and Mike Brown are going so far out of their way to defend him is kind of a little bit crazy to me um, because I'm, I'm not sure he deserves their defense anymore. And on top of that, the NFL is most certainly going to be looking into him twisting um, Targandrick West's ankle this weekend. And the whole internet is talking about that now, even though Bengals fans seem to be ignoring it at the moment. But I can guarantee you by Wednesday that's going to be catching on as well. Yeah, I just get a feeling that Vontae's is not for this league for that long you know they seem to be really clamping down on him uh he's not he doesn't have the impact for the Bengals anymore and you put those two two together it's just kind of almost like a perfect storm really and I don't know I just I just get this sense that again the scales are tipping against Vontes you know uh, which is a shame because he has been great for us he can at his best take over games like he did last year. I think it was against the Broncos that he had a stupendous game. But we need more out of him. We need more than one game a year. You know what I mean? Uh, we really do. Can I just bring it back to the offensive side of the ball? And another uh, another player that seems to have been a bit of a target last night was John Ross, perhaps unfairly. But I think it's, uh, you know, when there's ever a really bad defeat, things get inflamed and those kind of long-held beliefs start to become amplified and people air them. John Ross, where do you stand on John Ross? Because I, I still think he has a future. I still think he's got the tools to be a very, very good player. Well, not a very, very good player, but a very good player, a very good starter who can really hurt defences. You look at Tyreek Hill last night. Um, he could be some something similar, but they're just, I don't know, the Bengals don't seem to trust him and he doesn't quite seem to have learned what's going on yet because when he came out of college he wasn't just quick he had great hands he was a great route runner he had pretty much everything the only knock on him really was his physicality or perceived lack of you know um is it just gonna take time for ross to become an nfl player physically and mentally where do you stand on john ross at the moment I think the mental aspect of it is really huge for him, more so than most other players. So I don't know if you read um, Jim Osarski's story from over the summer about how the mental aspect of the game really crushed him last year. Right. And that was a great story, but that was kind of horrible to read as a fan because it just went to show that John Ross is not capable of really, like, he, he is letting the game get to him way more than he can if he wants to succeed. So, like, you're going to have up and down games. People are going to talk trash about you. People are going to say that you're not going to amount to anything. I mean, it is happening in full force. I saw someone on Twitter today compare John Ross um, to um, 
to Achilles Smith, he this person tweeted at me and said, ladies and gentlemen, Achilles Smith has been replaced as the Bengals' worst first-round pick ever by John Ross. John Ross isn't even the worst first round pick on the current roster. Well, I was like say, that yeah, is right. such a weird thing to say. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's just like, you know, John Ross needs to be able to handle the things that are being said about him and not let them impact him on the field unless he wants to take out that anger and motivate him to do well, which he is not doing right now. So I still think he is perfectly capable of succeeding. I think that he can be a really great player in the league. Sometimes it takes time for wide receivers to do well. I mean, his fellow um, 2017 first round pick wide receivers aren't doing that hot. Others are though, like Juju Smith-Schuster. But that said, I still have faith in him and still think he can get it done. He just needs to like stay healthy for two games in a row and play. <laughs> and and be used properly, right, as well. That's the other comment that's coming through. He's not being used, like Joe Mixon, he's not being used enough and or correctly. Right. Totally true. Um, just very quickly, Rebecca, and then I'll let you go. Um, obviously, it's doom and gloom today. It was... And horrendous performance yesterday in all three phases. You know, what the hell was going on with that punt? I have no idea. It was embarrassing. Um, you know, the defense was leaking all over the place. The offense just couldn't get the ball moving against supposedly one of the worst defenses in the league. Although I do give the Chiefs a bit of credit because they seem to have changed a few things and, and got, had got a lot better very quickly. Do you think it's time to kind of abandon all hope is there i mean what's next can we can we qualify for the playoffs are we good enough do you think i see the thing is i really do think that the Bengals, as a roster of 53 players are good enough to go far and to be in the playoffs and to win in the playoffs but the problem just remains that Marvin Lewis does not seem capable of coaching this team in important games or the most important games or the games that actually matter because he seems to think every game is equal, which is just not the case. Like, it's pretty easy to beat the Dolphins at home in Cincinnati. It's a lot less easy to beat the AFC leading Chiefs on the road in the loudest stadium in the NFL. Right. So you, you can't treat it all the same. You have to be able to play it to the situation. You know, you play like situational football. How are things going to be different when you're at the 30 yard line than when you're at the 45 yard line? It's the same thing in games. How are you going to play differently based on the kind of game, the kind of opponent, the kind of environment? So I really do think that this Bengals team is good enough to go make a playoff run. And I just think it depends on the coaches getting their act together and figuring figuring out how to lead the team to a victory in the most important settings. Well, I, I, I agree. I agree. And I think it was just an awful day at the office yesterday that one of those ones that can be kind of marked off and just say, right, let's just get on to next week. Um, but my only problem, as I said before, is that this happens every year. You know, yeah. we, we play well and then just can't raise it for the big games. Anyway, um, Rebecca, I think I, I speak for all UK Bengals fans uh, by wishing you a very happy birthday. Thanks so much for joining us. I know that things are all kicking off over there with the with the Amari Cooper trade. We've got a bit of breaking news on the podcast. That's exciting. Um, sadly, no yeah. trades for the for the Bengals. Obviously not. That would be ridiculous. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, everyone, keeps, uh, everyone keeps talking and 
um, tweeting at me about how they want Patrick Peterson to come to the Bengals. And I'm just going to like burst the bubble right now and tell you that that is not happening. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't know. It'd be nice for the Bengals to actually kind of wheel and deal a little bit now and again, but um, they certainly don't mid-season, do they? That's for sure. But uh, Rebecca, have a very happy birthday. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thanks so much again for coming on to Cincinnati. It's any time. Well, that was SB Nation's Rebecca Toback. And um, I'm very pleased because she really did not hold back. And... um, yeah, it's very hard. As as time goes on, it's very hard to disagree with her on a lot of things, if not all of the things she said. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Let's get to your correspondence, shall we? Shall we do that? Um, Joshua Lawrence. Uh, uh, just a fair warning. These are quite depressing. So if you're on the edge yourself or a little bit kind of... Um, down in the dumps. Uh, this is not recommended viewing. You might want to skip forward a little bit. Um, but yes, thank you so much for the correspondence, as ever. Uh, you can get in touch with us uh, at Houday underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK um, on Facebook. Um, so here we go. Joshua Lawrence at W-I-W, hold on, what is that? W at W-O-P-R underscore Josh. What's the point, really? Thanks, Josh. Um, Sean Watterson at Ginger Prince. <laughs> I think if my esteemed co-host was here, he would say, Solid handle, Sean. Solid handle, geezer. Um, I wish I never bothered getting up at Sparrow Fart o'clock for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that echoes quite a few people, actually. Uh, Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk The Funk. Hello, Duncan. I have no words. I don't mind losing to a better team, but last night was horrendous. No passion, and we felt like we were going through the motions. The O struggled against what was deemed to be a poor defence. Our own D was horrible. The bye week can't come quick enough. Well, see, I don't buy this no passion stuff. I really don't. Um... I just think they were like completely shell shocked. Nothing they were doing, you know, they had these scripted plays. Nothing was coming off. They were like, what, fourteen seven down, twenty one seven down, and then what, twenty eight seven before the half, and nothing was happening. Um, I just think they were completely shell shocked. You know, really shell shocked. Uh, VB at Von Blade. Um, I've been a Bengals fan too long to ever be hopeful. I think the last time I was gruntled was about one second after Henry caught the pass before the full extent of Carson's injury was clear. Thanks for bringing us back to that horror moment, uh, Vonnie. Uh, Martin Greer at Martin Greer 73 Trying so hard not to be a moaner, but Austin hasn't brought anything to the table in my eyes. Andrew Townsend at Andrew Townsend 2. They seem to fly into tackles, not thinking about what the opponent, opponent might do. So many missed tackles from the ball carried, just sidestepping past the hard-tackling missiles. They are trying too hard. Um, They seem to be not able to tackle, whether it's bad angles or bad technique. I'm not entirely sure. And this is is from a a defensive coordinator who preached in the off-season, I mentioned earlier, that he was going to make this team the best tacklers in the NFL. Tackling has always been a problem in the, you know, Certainly it was the past five or six years. And last night, completely regressed into just 
awful uh, Matt Moon at Matt Moon uh, there's a couple of weird zeros in there um, we knew Chiefs offence was good we had defensive injuries how come the offence could only score versus a weak Chiefs defence now yeah absolutely I mean they were statistically they're one of the worst defences down there with us I have to say but uh, as Collinsworth mentioned they'd made some adjustments adjustments excuse me after the Patriots game and D Ford was getting after Dalton a lot the pocket was collapsing. It doesn't help when Bobby Hart and Alex Redmond were having nightmares on that right-hand side after a couple of relatively half-decent weeks. Um, just everything was bad. Everything was bad. The Chief- And the Chiefs played really well. Yeah, you- Sometimes you've got to hold your hand up. But again, as I've been saying, as others have been saying, and Rebecca said, it's the manner of the defeat that you know just has made everyone extremely angry. Jamie at uh, Trequart Bista. Now, Jamie has, has been on a bit of a roll today. He stayed up for the whole shebang. Full disclosure, I stayed up for the first, well, more or less the first half. And I just, well, anyway. Um, did uh, CJ Uzoma dance the Macarena because the Bengals were going for a 90s revivalist feel? Hence playing like utter turds. That's a very good point because they certainly were. Uh, he also says, I stayed up until 4am last night. I'm taking a five-hour bus to get to London for the meet-up next, me- next week. I'm late in the progress of organising a meet-up meet in Sheffield. Breaking news, Bengals fans. And I'm liaising with gridiron and gravy for one in Manchester. I feel I put more effort into this team than some players. Right on, Jamie. Justin at Jfish, 007, solid handle. At least with only four hours sleep, my mind is so vacant, I don't have the capacity to dwell on it. And you know what? I don't think the Bengals should too much. It was a blowout, it was a horror show. But what they must do, they've got to improve in certain areas. Again, I have to say, Tampa Bay are a pretty average, well, below average team. But they've got some weapons on offense. And that's I'm a little bit worried about uh, Sunday, I have to say. So, yes, um... They can't dwell on it too much, but they have to figure out a way to shore up that defence somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it in a week, but there we go. Martin Greer. Martin's always, you know, can always rely on Martin for some positivity. At Martin Greer, 73. The positive. Ah, thank you, Martin. Looking forward to the meet-up, and I'm going over to PBS for the Saints game. God bloody hell. Uh, negatives, far too many at the moment. We desperately need the win against the Bucks to boost morale. Who day? Absolutely. Um, because if we do go into that bye week, five and three, suddenly things aren't quite as bad. We've got a hell of a lot of things to work on, but we're still in a decent position in the division. You know, so who knows? Duncan Yeadon again. I'm starting my bring back Cedric campaign. He is better than Bobby Hart. Please retweet and comment to support me. Now I'm I'm including that Duncan, so you know I'm commenting as as you know as you requested. But I don't know, man. Bring back Cedric. If he's better than Bobby Hart, Bobby Hart is worse, like the worst player in the league at his position, which you know. A lot of people would argue he is. But, you know, let's be fair. He's not been awful this year. Although, like everyone else on the line last night, he's pretty pretty shoddy. Ross 
at Dalton to AJ. Solid handle, I like that. Stay, I like that. Should we be worried about the rest of the year? We're basically hoping an average offense outweighs a terrible D. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head, Ross. Should we be worried? I think my preseason prediction of nine and seven will still happen, which means we're just about above average team. We're inconsistent. We may sneak into the playoffs. We may just whether we'll do anything in the playoffs. Who knows? But I think we're in a, at the moment. We look like an eight and eight or a nine and seven. I think a nine and seven team. But certainly, again, last week was pretty awful. Trevor Marshall at at Dalaki Darky. <laughs> I do like that handle, Trevor. TikTok Terrell, TikTok. Well. Absolutely. I'm not a Terrell Austin fan. I think the defence has taken major steps backwards this year. As I mentioned earlier, the secondary looked confused. Coverage is all over the shop. Linebackers, God knows what's going on there. And we're not getting enough from our, from our pass rush at all. So I think whatever Terrell Austin's done or is doing, it is not working. Dave Stewart at Bengal Stewart. Clearly defence has more holes than Swiss cheese. Can the psyche of the Bengals recover from a national embarrassment? Can we move on and beat the Bucks at home? Well, yes, we can. I think we can. Uh, I think the Bucks will still rack up some yards. It's whether, again, we can match them offensively because they're a half-decent offensive team. I think we'll win at home. I do. I think we're a better team than the Bucks. But, you know, obviously confidence is low at the moment after two defeats, one an absolute, an absolute soul-crusher against the Steelers, uh, an absolute shellacking against the Chiefs. We've got to somehow get back some confidence and play well. But we can beat the Bucks, absolutely. Tom McDowell at Wagat WDD. <laughs> I was really excited with his promises of turnovers, but those have been lacking in the tougher games. I'd also argue that tackling has been lacking in the tougher games. I'd also argue that sacks have been lacking in the tougher games. I'd also argue that consistency, discipline and control have also been lacking in the tougher games. Chris Hood, again, dreadful result, but some positives. Uh, better to lose to KC in this one than the AFC Championship game in January. That's fighting talk, Chris. I like it. Uh, media will ignore us again until it's clear we're taking the division. Bengals now know what needs to be done again, and if we can sort out injuries, we'll get to the playoffs. And to be honest, I didn't mention injuries at the top of the show. We had some injuries, um, which does, you know, against a team like the Chiefs, you want your best team out there and you want them playing well. Uh, we didn't have our best team out there and we certainly weren't playing well. But, you know, injuries are slightly mitigating, slightly, only slightly. Jamie. Oh, this is... OK, another couple from Jamie. When will Ross be anything but a decoy? When will you give any attention to improving on Redmond and Hart? Useless, useless, useless. I think we've gone over those a little bit. Uh, I do wonder, however, if you look at uh, or watch Dan Horde and uh, Dave, our old chum Dave Lapham's uh, Radio Booth Review, or whatever it's called, um... He did say that, Lap did say that he saw Billy Price um, training on the field and he's looking good, as is Geo. I'm not sure what their status will be for the Bucks game, but if we can get Price back, there is talk of moving Hopkins, who has done pretty well at centre, moving him 
inside to right guard. But again, there's another counter-argument. If you read Jeff Hobson today on the site, they like Alex Redmond. They see this as a learning curve for him. Short-term pain will be long-term gain. Now, whether fans will be patient enough for that, I have no idea. But at the moment, you know, silly penalties, lots of pressures. He's not having the best of times, is he? Um... Jamie, again, we need to give serious consideration to whether we need both coaching and player reinforcements on defence. We need to ask what some of the defenders bring us, especially Perfect, who is a quarter of what he used to be. And again, we, well, I think we've discussed that and certainly everyone knows my feelings. I just, you know, regardless of all the disciplinary stuff, because it's so weird with Vontaze, I've always felt this. I think if he was on your team... And a lot, he gets a lot of flack from a lot of fans. But if he was on your team, this is the argument I always used to use. If he was on your team, you would absolutely love him. Absolutely love him. Because he he flies in there. He, he can take over games. He's a bit of a bad boy on the pitch. And this is the weird contradiction with Vontes. Off the pitch, he's good as gold. He's quiet as a mouse. He seems pretty bright even. Um, but once he gets on the pitch, I don't know what it is. Whether he feels that he's got this weird chip on his shoulder that he 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 kind of has to bite and scratch and twist angles and angles twist ankles, um, smack people up the head. Uh, he has to. I don't know what it is. Something a switch flips. You know, it's a weird thing. But regardless of all his disciplinary stuff, I just don't think he's as good as player anymore. And you know, if you have four games out and it takes you another three to get back to kind of playing speed, that's pretty much not great for your team for half a season. Now, whether as a team you want to carry that, then that's up to you. Obviously, Marvin and Mike Brown made an impassioned defence of him in the past day or so after he got fined. Um, It doesn't look as though he's getting, you know, going anywhere soon, but I don't know, man. I just don't think, I mean... He's kind of almost half the player he was at the moment. But we'll see. Finally, Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage. 77. Hello, Sausage. Um, After another primetime morning, the anti-Bengal brigade are out in force. But let's just put it in perspective. KC are the best team in the AFC and are blowing everyone away. We still have a winning record and other two defeats were close games as we could have easily won. And he's, you know... He's very too. Michael is very, very right there. We are four and three. We could well be five and three by the end of the Bucks game. We could be going into the bye week where we have a chance to make some major corrections. We get a chance to get some players healthy. You know, your Denards, your Billy Prices, your Geos, all that kind of uh, crew. We have a chance to get them back healthy and make another good, strong finish to the season. There's no reason why we can't finish 10-6. and six. We certainly have the talent. But again, I'm just a little bit worried about this repetition of not being able to seemingly prepare for the big games and then perform in the big games. But we shall see. Obviously, the hope is that we will make these adjustments. We will get these players back from injury. God knows we missed Denard yesterday. You know, Billy Price is missed on the line. Nick Vigil's going to be out for a while. Unfortunately, he's been our best linebacker this year. Um, But there is cause for optimism. But we have to make changes and we have to improve really, really quickly. Or else, you know, it could be another 8-8, 7-9 season. But there we go. 
that's me done. Uh, Nathan will be back. I know I keep saying this every week, but he will be back next week. And we're going to be recording on the Tuesday night. Um, but there is good news because this is the last podcast before our meetup in London on Sunday the 28th of October. Now, um, we've moved the game. T- well, the, we've moved times forward a little bit because obviously the clocks are, kind of, are they going back. I think, yes, they're going back. Uh, this weekend, which means uh, kickoff time in the UK is five o'clock, not six. So, uh, with that in mind, we've moved. You'll be able to get into the room, our function room, at uh, half past four. Uh, I think I managed to sort out a prize, a really decent prize. So there may well be a cheeky little charity raffle. Um, there'll be beer on tap. There'll be a huge screen and projector with the Bucks game on. Um, and it's free to get in, unlike other uh, British NFL fan groups. We do not charge to get into our meetup. So, you know, if you're coming back from Wembley and you're a Bengals fan and you want to watch, say, the second half, have a quick pint with a room full of Bengals fans, definitely come down. If you're not going to Wembley, Come down anyway, because honestly, there is nothing like being in a room full of Bengals fans watching a game together, especially British Bengals fans. It's a real laugh, you know. Um, so, yeah, we've got the room from half past four, and it's at the uh, brew house and kitchen uh, in Highbury and Islington, and it's in the function room, function room upstairs, the tap room. So do, honestly, if you're, you know, Anyway, you know what to do. You know what time it is. You know what to do. Come along, have a laugh. Hopefully, we can cheer the Bengals on to victory. Hopefully, we'll we can restore a bit of feel good factor within the fan base. Um, so yeah, we'll be back next week, and it will be a we. I'm pretty sick and tired of hosting this on my own. But massive thanks to Rebecca Toback who joined me earlier. She was fantastic, and we will be having her on again. Uh, but next week, Nathan will be back. He will be back. And um, actually, he'll be there at the meetup. So if you want to come along and meet Nathan and uh, see his solid handle in person, then um, I'm not saying you can touch his solid handle. But, you know, if you do want to meet Nathan, if you do want to meet me, (laughs) who would want to meet me? But um, if you want to meet fellow Bengals fans, come to the meetup this Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And we will be back next Tuesday. So until then, it's a big who day from me. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.